Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here primarily for you. We want to share information every weekend. I wish we did it every day. But we do have time on the weekends to share information with you to help you make better choices. Because literally, our health is based on the choices we make. 98% of all disease, can you imagine that? When all the diseases are being treated by drugs, which makes the drug companies very happy, and the shareholders very happy, and doctors very happy, because all they have to do is write out a script and pass on another drug to you. Drug companies don't want you to know that nutrition has an impact on your health. Doctors don't know that either because they have no knowledge of health and nutrition. The drug companies teach the doctors how to use drugs that can treat diseases. But they don't do it very effectively and they always leave you with side effects. Always. There's always going to be side effects. Maybe not critical. Maybe there are minor side effects. But nonetheless, there are side effects to every drug. And all you have to do is read the leaflet with the drug, and you will see the side effects. And some are very, very serious. Some drugs list on the leaflet as a side effect may cause death. Now, wow, that's a major side effect. You won't even know it because you'll be dead. But yet, that's the best we can do in this country of wealth, the best hospitals in the world, the greatest educated and trained doctors in the world. We have the best medical care. If if you look at drug therapy, surgery, radiation, all the harsh, damaging treatments. But we know that 98% of all disease, diseases are caused by our lifestyle choices as to how we live. How well do you live? Are you choosing the right food? Are you maintaining a healthy diet? Do you maintain a healthy level of exercise? Do you sleep seven to nine hours a night? What do you do to improve your health? And yet, we let our health slide until we need a drug, and then we go to the doctor for a prescription. 98% of all diseases can be prevented and reversed with primarily food alone. So we are here trying to give you ideas if you want, and I assume you want, because why would you ever listen to Terry or this show 
if you didn't want to make an improvement in your health? Why waste the hour? Go have fun. Sit in a bar. Go golfing. Go boating. Do something. But if I assume that you're listening, maybe your health is more important. And we give you ideas on how to improve the quality of your life, the quality of your health. And I've seen some of the worst cases of all diseases, including cancer, turn around and give that person a new lifestyle, a new health, and give them a lot more years than they would have had. Dr. Ajay Goyal, who is the chairman and director of the Cancer Research Center at City of Hope Hospital in Los Angeles. And he lists about 50 different drugs and shows how long those drugs will improve the lifespan of the individual being prescribed those drugs. On average, most of the cancer drugs are designed to give the patient that's being treated, about six more weeks of life at a cost of about $150,000. And we can do more with food and natural alternatives like curcumin, French grapeseed extract, andrographis, melatonin, many of these natural components. Now, if... These have to be of high quality. You have to be careful what you buy. And that's why I think doctors are afraid to give a patient the go-ahead to use some of these natural alternatives because, first of all, they don't know anything about them. And if a patient dies, they may be blamed for that patient dying because of what they allowed to be used as an alternative. And all herbal products are not the same. A lot of them are adulterated, spiked, and sometimes products don't even have the ingredients in the bottle, in the tablet or capsule. There's a lot of shenanigans going on in the development of natural products. Be careful. I even have a hard time trying to discern what is in a product from a manufacturer that I'm not sure that I trust. Trust your manufacturer. Trust your brand you're buying. And do some investigation. Talk to the manufacturer. Ask questions. It's your body. You are your doctor. And you want a better return on your dollar. You want results. Guaranteed results. Now, once in a while, a person may select the wrong alternative for the condition that they're trying to improve. And, of course, then you don't get results. No matter how good the product is, no matter how high quality the product is. 
if you choose the wrong ingredient for the use of treatment for a condition that doesn't have any involvement of that ingredient, you're not going to get results. You just have chosen the wrong product. That's why you want to talk to your retailer in the store. Go to your health food store. Talk to your retailer. Get information from the retailer. They have a lot more information on natural alternatives than physicians, than doctors. And they filter out a lot of the junk. Hopefully, I see some stores that I visit when I'm traveling, and I still see them carrying junk because it's easier to sell because it's so cheap. They don't get any pushback from the customer saying, oh my God, that's too expensive. No. Your health is worth it. If the product is expensive, but it gives results, and it may be clinically studied, scientifically studied, researched, and it has a money-back guarantee just in case you may have chosen the wrong product, or you didn't use it long enough, because... Let's face it, folks, you don't get sick overnight. Cancer is in, the, is in progression up to 20 to 40 years before it's diagnosed. When the doctor says you have cancer, that didn't come on overnight. It takes decades for cancer to grow in the body. And all diseases, arthritis, wearing out your joints, Wearing out the cartilage that should be cushioning your joints takes time. And you can't reverse that in a week. I've seen some silly stories of people buying a product for weight loss or for energy and bring the bottle back to the store because after three capsules, it didn't work. Seriously. Now, maybe there was another hidden story behind that, but that was the excuse for returning the product because it didn't work after taking three capsules. Some people just have so, they're so impatient and they have so much expectation for a product to work, but it's nourishment. We have to nourish our body back to good health. That takes time. And it's hard to predict the time schedule. I hear that all the time. How long will it take before I get better? Boy, that's a good question. One that can't seriously be answered. Because if you're taking a supplement, let's say you're taking um, echinacea for colon flu or you're taking uh, eucalyptus for sinuses. But if you're eating a diet and you're living a lifestyle that is a junk food diet and you're eating the wrong food and it's causing inflammation of the sinus cavity and you're taking supplement now to, to overcome that, but you're not giving up the bad diet. So, how can anyone know how to predict the time that you will get well?
There's too many variables that make you unhealthy and healthy. So seriously, if you want really great health, it started with diet. It starts with the food that you put into your body because that is the fuel your body requires. It doesn't require a lot of refined, simple sugars. Sugar, 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 all bad. And we consume in America about three quarters of a pound of sugar a day in all the processed and prepared foods that people buy as what they think is food. We consumed about four to six pounds of sugar per individual per year in the early 1900s. Now we're up to about 250 pounds of sugar per year per individual. That's a lot of sugar. And it's useless. And it disturbs so many metabolic processes in the body that it's one of the primary factors for causing disease. Sugar. You think it's innocent? And of course, it's not going to kill you the first day you take sugar. But over time, it really throws all of your metabolic pathways out of balance. And it, it primes you for a lot of diseases. Metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, they're all sugar-laden. Heart disease, sugar-laden. Joint destruction, because sugar is an inflammatory food. It inflames your body. All refined carbohydrates reflame your body, inflame your body. So diet is number one. You have to change your diet. You can't eat a sugar-laden junk food diet and then take supplements to get well or to get healthy, to get healthier. It's not possible. It's like slamming your car, your finger in the car door over and over and over again and saying, why doesn't my finger get better? Stop slamming it in the door. It'll get better. Stop slamming junk food and you'll get better. All right, I got, I'll get off my soapbox and we'll go on with our featured topics of the hour. And today we're going to talk about your arteries. Your arteries are like the plumbing system of a building. The plumbing system carries the water to many different floors, many different rooms. And your arteries carry blood, food, not the food, but the nutrition of the food, the vitamins, the minerals, the accessory food factors, the polyphenols. All these accessory food factors are delivered to various parts of your body by the arteries. And one of the most critical places that we don't get enough blood supply and oxygen is to the heart. So we have to maintain clear and open arteries. You would not get very much water to flush the toilet. You'd not get very much water to take a shower if your plumbing was blocked. You see a trickle come out. And some people are trying to walk around, trying to be healthy with a trickle of blood flowing. 
in their body. They get nothing from that. So we're going to talk about artery health today. And we're going to talk about fatty liver disease in kids, in kids. That was once only found in alcoholics. So now why do kids have the same fatty liver disease as alcoholics? And are you running low on vitamin E? And we'll tell you why belly fat is the worst kind of fat than just being overweight. Many people are overweight overall their body. And some people have just a big pot belly. Some call it the bread belly or the beer belly. And then we'll talk about two new studies on why ultra-processed foods can damage your metabolic process. And then we'll talk about, yeah, cancer. Cancer can be prevented. But people don't understand that's possible. And they don't want to make the sacrifice that might be necessary to prevent cancer. There are three very, very preventable risk factors for cancer. We can change, you know, better than a drug. Seriously. Why wait until cancer is ravishing your body and then hopefully a supplement might help? Why not prevent cancer? It's the best cure for cancer. And we can prevent 50 to 70% of all cancers. All cancers. And let's take a closer look at why aluminum damages your brain and your body. And then we have two concerns about aging and what you can do about it. We're all going to get older. There is no pill, there's no miracle, there's no drug that's going to prevent aging. But we can age better. We can age more gracefully. We can age more effectively and maintain a more youthful aging process. That's what we are trying to teach on Terry Talks Nutrition. So let's talk about arteries, your arteries. You can't see them, but boy, they're working every day. And why heart disease today? And has always been the number one cause of death. More Americans die of heart disease than any other condition. You look at all the conditions that cause death and disease. And it far outweighs all the sickness and deaths that were caused by COVID-19. But you don't see the medical community, drug companies, doctors, 
clamoring for shutdowns because of all the diseases, heart disease, cancer, whatever they might be, causing the trillion dollars healthcare program and all the millions of deaths annually. The most common type of heart disease is what is called coronary artery disease. Arteries are blood vessels. You can't see them, but they're working all the time. And they carry blood away from the heart while the veins carry blood to the heart. And healthy arteries should be soft, flexible, have a good deal of elasticity, flexible, clean, and they're like rubber tubes. They're not rubber, but they're like rubber tubes. They're like the plumbing in your home. But coronary artery disease happens when arteries become stiff from calcium plaque. They're like concrete, thick, clogged with plaque. And the first symptom of a coronary artery disease might be a heart attack. And 50% of the heart attacks, the first sign, I should say, the first sign or symptom in 50% of the heart attacks is death. So 50% don't even know they died. They die so fast, it's over. In 50% of the heart attacks, they don't ever get another chance. So if you had a heart attack and you survived, now the time is to make those changes. Diseased arteries mean a 10 times increased risk of death and other health problems such as stroke or heart attack and a 22% increased risk of death. Now, there are some key vitamins that we should be taking or we should be getting them someplace, whether it be food or supplements, but we need these three vitamins Every day, they're, key, they're, they're, they're extremely key vitamins for healthy arteries and hearts. Now, vitamin A, called retinol, I'm not talking about beta carotene. Beta carotene is not vitamin A. But many supplements, manufacturers use beta carotene instead of vitamin A. Now, beta-carotene can become vitamin A in the body by a process of conversion 
But that process of conversion doesn't take place in everybody equally. So we're rolling the dice as to whether or not beta-carotene will convert into vitamin A. And beta-carotene is healthy too, but it doesn't always convert to vitamin A in everybody equally. But real vitamin A is already vitamin A. It's called retinol, R-E-T-I-N-O-L, retinol. It slows the progression of inflammation leading to heart disease. And vitamin D3. The natural form of vitamin D is D3, not D2. And a lot of manufacturers use D2. It's only about 50% as effective as vitamin D3. It's not the natural form. It's a synthetic form. It's cheaper to use. And vitamin D3 keeps arteries flexible and reduces inflammation. And it blocks a hormone that increases blood vessel constriction. You know, if you have a hose laying out in in your backyard and you use it every day to water your plants, your flowers, to keep them thriving during the hot summer months, and you go out there and you press the little pressure squeeze to get water and you only get a trickle. And you looked at your hose and it's all clogged up. Nothing flows and it also becomes rigid as it stays outside all the time. It increases the constriction of the rubber hose, like increasing the blood vessel constriction. So you have a decrease in water flow. And in the blood, in the arteries, you have a decrease of blood flow, which which then can lead to increased blood pressure. And then we have the third one, vitamin K2, called menaquinone. It helps direct calcium that comes from our food or our supplements away from the blood vessels. When calcium goes into the blood vessels, it can lead to hardening of the arteries or arterial calcification and then does not get to the bones where it really is needed. So these three vitamins, vitamin K, vitamin D3, vitamin K2. Now, I'm going to explain how to use these in just a few seconds and a little bit of research on these vitamins, but I'm going to have to take a pause. We're at the bottom of the hour, time to take a commercial break. We'll come back right after these messages right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry, Terry Naturally, with Terry Talks Nutrition. If you want more information, go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen to the show live anywhere around the world. You can subscribe to my newsletter and gain a lot more information that's on the website. You can also buy my books. Last year, I made a a goal to print 10 books, and I got all 10 books done, and they're all valuable in describing 
natural alternatives and how to use them to become healthier. And just this past week, Dr. Alex Panosian, a professor and doctor, PhD in chemistry, science, he and I wrote a book on the adaptogens that improve the quality of your health without any whatsoever side effects. It's a really technical book, a lot of science in it, but it also gives you a lot of information on how to use natural alternatives to, be, to gain more health. All that is available on my website. Now we talked about three vitamins when we went into the break. Vitamin A, called retinol, vitamin D3, and vitamin K2. All these three have a pronounced effect on opening up the arteries so more blood can flow through and reduces your risk of heart attacks and stroke. Now let's take a look at some of the research. A five-year study of over 400 adults in Australia, those with the highest blood level of retinol, or otherwise vitamin A, had the lowest risk of heart disease. The lowest risk of heart disease. Now one thing I find very sad, vitamin A can be toxic. So you don't want to get a, you don't want to get it. You don't want to use very, very high dosages of vitamin A because it can become toxic. So the FDA has limited it to 10,000 units daily. But I think they erred on that 10,000 units daily. Prior to their lowering the level of vitamin A, there were many supplements on the market of vitamin A that were 10, excuse me, there were 25,000 and 50,000 units of vitamin A per capsule. So there was no complications. There were no side effects. There was no reason to lower the dosage, in my opinion. But the FDA pretty much does what they want to do and really, they do not have any more knowledge of health and nutrition than any other doctor. They're all doctors that make up the FDA. And most of those doctors that make up the FDA have come from the drug companies. And they're slipping them a way to put their drugs through faster without as much research. They're giving them a kind of carte blanche to sell more drugs. Because when those doctors have completed their term with the FDA, they have to go back out and work for those drug companies so they don't want to rile the drug companies because that's their lifeblood. That's their bread and butter. Now, here's a study on 25,000 IUs of vitamin A. I'm not telling you to take this. I do, 
I take about 30,000 units of vitamin A daily. Heart disease patients who did receive 25,000 IUs of vitamin A daily versus a placebo group that got a fake pill. Now, the vitamin A group that took 25,000 units of vitamin A daily had a 0.87-fold decrease in markers of inflammation associated with heart disease, while the placebo group that had a fake pill had a 1.17 increase in those same inflammatory markers. They got worse, right? Because they didn't get enough vitamin A. And how many people today do not get enough vitamin A? Straight vitamin A. Even if they're taking a daily supplement, nine out of 10 times it's going to be beta carotene, not vitamin A. A study of over 26,000 people found that compared to high vitamin D levels, those with the lowest levels of vitamin D had a 41% increased risk of death from heart disease. If they were healthy at the start of the study, If they already had heart disease, they then had a 65% increased risk of death. A and D support a healthy heart function and lower dramatically the risk of death, heart attacks, and stroke. Now recently, vitamin K2 has come to the forefront. It was it's probably just in the last couple of years that has have had more research on vitamin K2. Now vitamin K1 is totally different. That helps your blood coagulation. But a diet high in vitamin K2 called menaquinone has been found to reduce arterial calcification by 50%. That means it prevents blocking, plugging, clogging the artery and reduce the risk of heart disease by 50% and reduce overall risk of dying of any cause by 25%. These three are crucial to prevent heart disease, heart attacks, and stroke. Along with these three vitamins, I would always recommend grapeseed extract, the French grapeseed extract with no tannins, and also pomegranate extract. One or the other, or even both. Now, what they found in the research with grape seed extract, when somewhere between 300 to 600 milligrams daily 
over a period of one year. Now, that's a long time, right? But how long did it take you to plug your arteries? Maybe 40, 50 years? Maybe 60, 70? So now the study was just was a one-year study because you can't turn around some of these faulty conditions, unhealthy conditions, in a matter of a few days or a few weeks or months. But in the patient that got the French grapeseed extract, in a year's time, one year time, they reduced 35% of the plaque in the artery. And the group that got the fake pill in that same one-year period, they actually added 9% more plaque in the artery during that time. So to keep your arteries smooth, flexible, and more elasticity, to expand, not to contract. When it contracts, it squeezes, and it's plugged. And now your heart has to raise the pressure to push the blood through. And now you have high blood pressure. So to keep your arteries smooth, flexible, and free of clogging, blocking, and, and, and plugging blockages, Here's the formula that I would take, and I do take. 10,000 IU vitamin A as retinol palmitate, which is the straight vitamin A. You don't want beta carotene. And 5,000 IU of vitamin D3. And 45 micrograms of vitamin K2. This is a combination that works extremely well to support healthy arteries. And I would also add French grapeseed extract, about 300 to 600 milligrams per day, and pomegranate extract. These are both working on the arteries and reducing the plaque. If you didn't want to take both grapeseed or pomegranate, I would definitely make sure you took the French grapeseed extract that has had the best studies done on reducing the plaque. 35% reduction in the plaque in the artery in one year. It works more effectively than drugs. So why do kids have fatty liver disease? Now I'm going to share with you a new theory not a conclusion at this point, but it's a theory that experts have to explain the increase in the cases of fatty liver disease in children. So the rates of fatty liver disease are dramatically increasing in kids. Fatty liver disease rates in kids have more than doubled in the last 20 years. One reason is probably increasing the amount of children with, with, with uh, obesity. 18% of our children are obese. 
what's going to happen to them as adults. I have a, an acquaintance that lost two of his friends within an hour of each other, one through stroke, one through heart attack, and they're in their 50s. So obesity is one of the major factors for fatty liver disease. Obese children have a 38% chance of developing fatty liver disease. But it's also important to know that exposure to pesticides, plastics, and environmental pollutants can damage the liver as well or cause fatty liver disease. Now, here's a brand new study where researchers tested pregnant women for endocrine-disrupting chemicals in their blood or urine and then later looked at the liver health of their kids between the ages of 6 and 11. So when these ladies were pregnant and they were exposed to a lot of different chemicals, could be cosmetics, shampoos, soaps, in, in food, drinks, beverages, just the exposure to chemicals had an effect on children that increased fatty liver disease in children in the ages of 6 and 11, not teens. These are babies. So the results of this theory, kids born to mothers who had high levels of chemical exposure when they were pregnant were much more likely to experience in their children childhood liver damage or liver disease versus kids born to mothers with much lower levels of environmental chemical exposure. We live in a world of chemicals. Everything is chemicals. So we need to try to reduce the chemical exposure. How can we reduce chemical exposure? Well, try to find organic foods if you can afford it. Try to buy, in fact, go down to your health food store and buy really good cosmetics that are free of chemicals and the toxins that can affect the liver. The liver is a magnificent organ. It has over 300 different metabolic functions. And some of that is to clean out the body, get rid of the toxins and poisons and chemicals. And so they all go through the liver. So the more toxins, the more chemicals, that the liver has to break down and dispose of, dispense of, puts a greater level of work on the liver. The liver is so important for our health. Here's something you may not know. If you cut away 
a portion of the liver in the human body, cut away half of it, and it will regrow that half back again. You can't cut away half your heart. You can't cut away half your brain. You can't cut away half of anything. But the liver is so critical to the health of the body that our creator ensured that we needed that liver. And so if it's actually damaged, it can regrow back to a healthy condition if we give it the nutrients it needs to be healthy. And there are some very, very, I'll talk about liver health sometime in the future and what you can take for liver health because it's critical. All of our hormones, all of our vitamins, all of our chemicals, all the pollution, all the toxins, all run through the liver. You know, it's like a water treatment plant. All the sewer, all the, all the um, waste from our homes go through the water treatment plant for cleaning up the water, filtering out all the debris. And actually that water then is run back into another major body of water. Clean, clean. And that's what the liver does. But also for a lot of fat soluble components as well. So the gallbladder and the liver are critical for detoxifying the body. So are you running low on vitamin E? E like an Edward. Running low on vitamin E. We haven't heard much about vitamin E since the Shute brothers have passed away. Many years ago, the Shute brothers were so, um, they were so strong on the use of vitamin E for so many different conditions. They ran a clinic in Canada. They wrote books on vitamin E. And now it seems like there is no real proponent out there championing the value of vitamin E. But we know, here's a fact, 90% of Americans lack, not are deficient, uh, lack vitamin E. That means they don't have any. Vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin with eight different forms of that vitamin. There's alpha, beta, gamma, and delta tocopherol, and tocopherol trigonal, which are important for vision, brain health, reducing the risk of heart disease, improving immune function, Neutralizing free radicals to protect against accelerated aging, cancer, diabetes. And most doctors think we don't need vitamins and minerals. We should not take a vitamin supplement. Because we're going to just pass all of those vitamins and minerals into the toilet. That's our expert opinion. Expert opinion when they have no knowledge of vitamins and minerals or health and nutrition? How can you be an expert? 
But the real experts have reported that 90% of Americans are not getting adequate vitamin E in their diet. And symptoms of low vitamin E include muscle weakness. How many elderly people have lost their muscle strength? Brain fog. Oh, that too. How many elderly people have brain fog? And difficult walking. Wow. How many people, how many elderly people have difficulty walking? Over time, the lack of vitamin E is responsible for these conditions. Muscle weakness, brain fog, and difficulty walking. So how do you get more vitamin E? Well, the daily intake should be at least 15 milligrams daily. I think that's way, way too low. You know, some of these recommendations that were created by the FDA are just to keep you from dying, but not to keep you healthy. Because if you're healthy, you won't need drugs. So they just give you enough that you're going to be around. You're not going to die, but you're going to be very treatable with drugs. So we're just going to keep you around and make you a candidate for our drug therapy. So 15 milligrams is not going to make you healthy. I would at least double or triple that. Now the foods that contain good levels of vitamin E include nuts, seeds, and dark leafy greens like spinach and kale. And be careful of the spinach you buy because it's loaded with chemicals. It's the number one vegetable that's sprayed with pesticides. It has more pesticide residue than any other green, any other vegetable. And we know that now chemicals damage the liver. So don't eat spinach or try to buy organic. There's other greens that can be just as healthy. Now the daily intake is equivalent to about 50 almonds a day or a quarter of a cup of sunflower seeds. And don't worry about the fat. The fat in nuts and seeds are good for you. And we need more fat. Vitamin E is fat. It's fat-soluble vitamin. And we absorb it better in the presence of fat. A daily multiple can provide some vitamin E, but look for more than just alpha to cofferol. Alpha is just one, just one fraction of vitamin E. So you want to get a mixed complex of tocopherols, or the technical name for vitamin E. It's alpha and all the other fractions of tocopherols. And you need at least 15 milligrams, minimum, minimum. More would be better. 45 or 60 milligrams would be far better.
Now, here's two new studies on uh, ultra ultra possible. Must be the end of the show. (laughs) Ultra processed foods. Boy, that was a tough one to say. Boy. So here's here's some more confirmation. We talked about ultra processed foods this past week and how terrible they are for you. Two new studies on the health effects of ultra processed foods were recently published in the British Medical Journal. Ultra processed means industrial formulation, chemical formulation, made with minimal or no whole foods at all and produced with additives like sugar, colors, flavors, chemical preservatives like sugar breakfast cereals, white bread, bacon, hot dogs, packaged cookies. And study number one, 200,000 men and women followed for 28 years recording dietary intake and health status. And the results for men consuming the highest amounts of ultra-processed foods, especially meat, bacon, ham, hot dogs, the risk of colon cancer was almost 30% higher versus men with the lowest intakes of ultra-processed foods. And study number two, 23,000 participants The average age, 55 years of age, were followed for 12 years, recording their dietary intake and health status. The highest intake of ultra-processed foods in that 12-year period was associated with a 22% increased risk of death and a 16% increased risk of death from heart disease specifically. Diets high and ultra-processed foods were associated with poor kidney function, inflammation, high blood sugar levels, high blood pressure. Junk food does not equal healthy diets, do not equal healthy bodies. Be careful of what you put in your body because garbage in, garbage out. For that, my friends, My hour has already gone by too fast, way, way too fast. But we try to get in as much as we possibly can in the hour on Saturday and Sunday, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. Say a prayer, my friends, for this crazy, crazy world. And God bless you. God bless this great American country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.